Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Rustrak. I'm here with special guest, Teresa Rosenblatt. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So you are a little bit, you are a psychologist, a psychoanalyst, and an author. Which yes. came first? Which came first? I was born a psychologist, so that <laughs> came first. I, I, as I say in my book, I was born a psychologist, and later I got trained. well that sometimes happens we're born with our niches right exactly exactly so you've been doing your psychology your entire life so at what point (laughs) literally your entire life at what point did you actually go into psychology as a company or a business yes so I started graduate school in 85 And I graduated in 94. It took me a while because I had three children while I was doing my dissertation. And in 94, I, you know, had my PhD and started practicing psychology. And then a little later on, I got psychoanalytically trained, which is just deeper, you know, just like the deepest clinical training you could get. And, um, I've been practicing since 94. Wow, that's a lot of training. Yes. So, <laughs> then you write, wrote your book. Now, yes. what is, obviously it has to do with your training and everything. So what is the nutshell of the book? The nutshell of the book. Okay, um, I need to pause on that for a moment because there's a lot in it. Mm-hmm. Um, The nutshell of the book is that my experience practicing therapy during the pandemic is reflects and is sort of parallel to, I think, this major watershed event in our world where suddenly we went from slowly incorporating living online, as I call it, to overnight all therapy was remote, remotely practiced, and much of our life happened online as well as we went into lockdown. So I talk about how all of that affected people, what they were, what challenges they were facing, how they coped. I tell that through a combination of my experiences practicing therapy, you know, and, and getting to know lots of people and patients through that. Um, but also, um, 
you know, how, how, how it changed, how it revolutionized therapy, but also life in general. And um, there's a lot in there to learn about therapy and talk therapy and how wonderful it is and how helpful and how human it is. Um, there's a lot about life and coping and crisis. And then a lot about how to make you know, life in a crisis work and how to make remote therapy and remote connecting with others work. Yes, there is a lot, a lot of information there. I mean, if you just go from 2020, just say 2020 in general, because, you know, we reset year. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have, we have to learn how to cope. We have to learn how to deal with isolation. We have to deal with things that we didn't what to deal with at the same time there's so much room to grow from it yeah so you said two words that i think are really key we didn't want to deal with it and my attitude and my approach is life is filled with things that we don't want mm -hmm. and the question is can we accept it because we have no choice we must adapt when we have no choice. We must make lemonade out of lemons. Mm -hmm. And can we even take it a step further and see it as an opportunity? And one of the reasons that I wrote the book, and maybe this is your nutshell that you didn't get from me at first, was um, I really wound up seeing it as a huge opportunity. And I have changed my life it gave me an opportunity to make changes that I couldn't figure out. I knew needed to be made, couldn't figure out how to do it. So locked in my lifestyle. And I saw that mirrored in a lot of my patients, many of them sort of guiltily saying to me, you know, I've actually enjoyed this. There are actually things I really like about, you know, this, um, this lifestyle, this lockdown. Now, not everybody, the people yes. who lost loved ones, who lost jobs, horrible. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I mean, 2020, we look at the positives because there's so many negatives and you can go on to for hours about the negatives. But if you look at the positive and that sliver of hope, we relearned how to connect with our families. A lot of us didn't have time during 2020 before that to spend with their children, to spend with their loved ones. If we're locked in the house with them, we have no choice but to deal with them. <laughs> you know, I think it was a tremendous lesson mm -hmm. in how to live with people and get along better. You know, I read some research a couple of years ago showing that very wealthy people have less empathy. And why is that? It's because they don't have to work to get along with others that they depend on. They can just purchase everything that they need. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, whether you had money or no money, you were thrown together with people that you had to get along with. And, and it really pulls for a lot of important qualities like empathy, like tolerance, like things we can't even think of, 
ways in which I found myself with my own family having to really be thoughtful about all kinds of little interpersonal situations that were coming up with my sons and their girlfriends who were living with us for a while. And those are skills that I think for many of us had atrophied. They do. I mean, take my daughter. She's autistic. So to 2020, we have an autistic child in the house and school time is usually mommy's time to go. (sighs) Now she's home and I help this help become the teacher because if you have an autistic child, you cannot just have one teacher. You have to have a army of teachers to teach the same lesson. That's right. So now I'm relearning of her schoolwork that when she was younger, I worked in the school with her. So it was second nature and that atrophied because I wasn't there from fifth grade to, you know, high school. She didn't want me there and mommy didn't need to be there. So, and now I'm relearning to have a skill that I had back when she was younger. It was- so I have to, I have to tell you that I think parents in your position as a group, and clearly there are individual stories that are different, mm-hmm. but as a group, had it maybe the hardest. I, I listen, you know, when I write about this in my book, listening to young mothers like yourself have to become, you know, 24-7 parent, teacher, IT specialist, while you're running your household, and maybe you do, maybe you don't have outside employment, or I'm not saying you went out for it, but have another job outside yeah. domestic work as well, and often with no help. Um, and then you add the autism onto it, which is way more demanding than your normally demanding child. How difficult was that? Yeah, you take a normal teenager that's difficult to begin with. And you put that normal child into lockdown. So you already have issues. Then you put the autism or the special needs on top of that. And you have like six children in that one. That's the basic analogy that I can come to. That's right. And people don't understand that. And the better you manage it, the less people understand it, right? They mm-hmm. just see you managing. They don't know what you go through. Right. They, they see, we have this podcast, you see this, but I also have my own company. So I'm running my company, running my household, becoming mommy and becoming teacher all during 2020. And how about the IT? I, I, that's the part that I think of because I am so bad at technology. Mm-hmm. If I had to help my child learn, you know, go to school and deal with the technology, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would do. Well, she was in web page design. So she's actually teaching me the tech. Oh, so so that was, that was a plus there. There's a trade-off there. There you go. Yeah, there is a trade-off. So I didn't have to learn the tech. She had to teach me the tech. Well, that might've been one of those silver linings. It is because now her teaching me the tech is leading into another opportunity for me as a business owner. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so her, her skills of teaching and being able to come to my level of t- understanding has helped me in another 
project. It's wonderful when you get to the point with your children where they're teaching you something. Mm -hmm. We have to, I look at it as it's trade-off as a parent teacher is a trade-off you there's things you don't know because a you've been out of school for x amount of years so now they're teaching you to how the school is run now supposedly and then and i say supposedly because we have little geniuses that go oh no we do it this way mommy you know so it's fun good for you that it feels fun (laughs) Well, I have a very special daughter. She's like my sister in a lot of ways. So we're very tight. So for me to have that year of relearning my daughter, I'm very thankful. But I and many of my patients, the patients that I write about in my book, I tell stories about Mm -hmm. them. Um, Most of us have found the same thing when we had children that had to, that came back home or were home all the time, as opposed to just at the end of the school day, I found um, that I got to know my adult, uh, you know, all three of my sons are young adults. I got to know them in a way that I didn't before. You know, you think you know your kids and then they leave the house and they continue to develop and launch their lives. And they develop sides of themselves that you don't really know about if you're not with them in a concentrated Mm -hmm. period of time. And I got to know them in a whole different way. And they all have a partner in their life. And I got to know those, those partners, those, the women in their life in a new way. And it was really special. It, it was. I mean, we get to relearn our parents. We get to relearn our kids. We get to relearn our grandparents if they're still around. So even with the technology uh, transition, if you're lucky enough to have someone to teach the elder generation technology, you still keep in contact. Mm-hmm. And you relearn them because now you're, oh my goodness, so-so, dad, mom, grandma, whatever, is trapped in a house by themselves. Are they okay? So what are you doing? You're calling every day now. Now you're bugging them. My dad would say, you're quit bugging me. (laughs) He he lived alone his, you know, for 20 some years. So it was, you know, now why are you calling every day? Well, I'm worried about you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So it it was just a trade-off, but at the same time, as a business owner, it expanded my business. Why? Because I went back. I seen the problems. Now I can expand. Yep. And I got to write this book. Mm -hmm. I, that was an opportunity. I sat down and I thought, wow, this, this is really a revolution. There's no technique. There's no theory for practicing therapy solely remotely. And I became fascinated and I started taking notes on what I was noticing, what I was observing, what was I going through? What were my patients going through? My family, my friends. And every day I would write and it became a book and it, 
it gave me meaning in during the lockdown. It gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a way to sort of organize my downtime. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. I mean, did we have downtime in 2020? No, we created created new work for ourselves. Well, some people did, mm -hmm. not not everyone. No, not everyone. I mean, I think people discovered what they wanted to discover. Mm -hmm. For me, a lot of it was filling it with, you know, seeing patients and feeling like I could be there for them when they really needed help, writing my book. Um, I got a lot out of going out in nature and I know I wasn't the only one who just mm -hmm. sort of rediscovered nature. Other people um, discovered other things. I was listening to an interview with a restaurant worker, a few of them who you know said that they discovered taking naps during the day. They read novels that they hadn't read and, you know, loved it. So some mm -hmm. people got downtime that they didn't have before. Right. I mean, okay. So we have our restaurants that were bustling and always busy. And if you worked in a kitchen and you were the sous chef or the manager, you work anywhere from 60, 80 eight hours a week. Mm -hmm, exactly. I know the restaurant business. Uh -huh. So you don't have downtime. You don't have five minutes. You're up and in the store. Even when you're home, you're still working on stuff for your restaurant. That's right. So you don't have that downtime. So yeah, the restaurants, the people that needed downtime found their downtime. They're always busy anyways, every other time. So this was their vacation. They had a year long vacation. So well, they, and, now, and now you see a lot of them aren't going back. I mean, mm -hmm. the, I'm in an area right now where the restaurant life has been severely curtailed because I can't get help mm -hmm. in New York City, which is another place where I spend a lot of time. The restaurant life seems to be bustling mm -hmm. and it's become like Europe with all the outdoor dining. But where I am right now here in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, they can't get help. And it's um, really a problem. And a lot of these people really don't want to go back. Yeah. We have, it's 50-50 here currently in Ohio. So it's... So are you in Ohio? Currently, yes. No, where, where in Ohio? Uh, near Columbus. Oh, okay. So... We have the restaurants like Olive Garden and Texas Roadhouse and thing that, things like that are, that are coming back. Then you have the smaller restaurants that are just struggling to get by. Yes. It's 50-50. We have the ones that need help that can't get help. And the mentality that the loans, the mm -hmm. PPP loans, you can't qualify for it because of the standards that you have to have. Well, if the business just opened right before COVID, you don't have income coming in. Mm -hmm. So you can't qualify for a PPP when you put all your life savings into building this new company and you don't qualify because you didn't have the sales to equal a year worth of sales before so they can't get help. Terrible. 
So it goes to mindset. So what are they doing? It's just depression and they don't see any silver lining to the 2020 pandemic. Yeah. Well, look, I, I know that I feel very, very lucky that the pandemic was a silver lining to me mm-hmm. and to many others. I mean, yes. that's, you know, that's sprinkled throughout my book, but mm-hmm. not, not at all for everyone, not at yeah. all. And, and even for people like me and yourself who can view it as an opportunity, I think we have to acknowledge that there have also been tremendous losses mm-hmm. through the whole thing. And it's not over. You know, people are talking about post-pandemic. We're not post. We're still in it. Very much so. I mean, there's a chance it will go on for the next 10 years. Seriously. Right. It's not going to go away just overnight. It's not going to go away because of vaccines that are still in development. Let's get well, real. The vaccines are there, but they're not, you know, have these extensive testing yet. Well, I mean, I hope that even though COVID will be with us for a long time, that mm-hmm. we will learn how to deal with it, how to mm-hmm. live with it as opposed yes. to imagining living without it but we're a ways we've got a ways to go we do mentality wise we have a ways to go we have to get find our new norm and new norm is living with the acceptance of what's going on not just the fear agreed so where can our listeners and our viewers find you um they can, let's see, I don't have a website. Um, bad me, bad me. They can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, they can find me. I just started a blog at psychology today um, called, oh gosh, I don't even remember the exact name, but look under Teresa Rosenblatt. Okay. We'll look you up. We'll look you up through Google and find you. Yes, Google and the name of my book. (laughs) And then, and just the name of my book, How Are You? Connection in a Virtual Age, A Therapist, a Pandemic, and Stories about Coping with Life. Um, So those are a number of different places to find me. I mean, you make it easy. I mean, there's not too many people with your name. So <laughs> that is true. So you make it really easy. It's not John Smith, and you have to go through five thousand John Smiths to find the right one. You can so, thank my parents for my for my name. <laughs> that that is a perfect thing. But at the same time, you know, it's easy when you googling. So we need for a professional, or we can connect to you as an author, or you can contact you as through your blog. So we can find you and there's many outlets that people can find and listen to you and get more information. Actually, there's one more place that uh, psychology today has a find a therapist website. And if you put my name in there, all my information and contact information and everything comes up there too. So. That is wonderful. So we're almost out of time. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. And for all of our viewers and our listeners, happy reading. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.